Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I was going to say with the new metal thing, I'm not crazy about the category called emo. Um, but there's at least several different bands and several different songs of which like there's a couple of great songs by My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I'm like, completely out on, on the new version of rock music altogether. It's that version. And the thing that's super ironic is I like metal. I like pop metal. I like hair metal. I like speed metal. I like death metal. I like drone metal. I like math metal. I just don't <laughs> like that metal. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering what the clip to lead the show off was, that's it right there. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Why, why, why aren't you guys dressed? Did you not get the email? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. You are all dressed fancy, sir. You I, are. I, I mean, we are now part of a, a corporation. We've gone corporate. Ben Barton, are you wearing your suit and tie? I'm always here to bite the hand that feeds, Timmy. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't put the hand too close. You know what I mean? Not only am I not wearing a suit, but I'm actually not even wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> That is totally uh, unacceptable. Guys, we are now on electrocast.com. Woohoo! We have switched our uh, networks and this is a this is a pretty cool place to be affiliated with. You got music producer Peter Rafelson, uh, writer, producer, uh, professor Mark Netter running electrocast.com. Uh, Jeff, are we up on their website yet? I don't know if we are. This all is right. all, it's all very exciting. The talent doesn't pay much attention to the corporate side of things, Timmy. So we just all show right. up when you tell us. And uh, when I start seeing billboards, I'll know that, you know, everything is all set. Well, I will, <laughs> I will say as I, as Timmy, I you, coffee. You're in the suit with the mug. You're definitely your complete office space now. You're like, I'm going to need you and Jeff to come in on the weekend. Hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if, you, if you mentioned TPS reports, I'm that, that is my note. 23 years ago today, Office Space came out. Released no way. in the theaters. Yes, 23 years ago today. Um, that's a killer movie. I saw oh, that. So good. I saw that in Hawaii in the Did movie theater. Really? Totally randomly. Yeah, it was great. It's a yeah. really funny movie. Yeah, if you guys aren't going to wear a suit and tie, at least for the podcast, wear some flair on your, your outfit. <laughs> 23 pieces of flair. Well, yeah, no, but in all seriousness, we, we, said, um, we said goodbye to the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. We're now on the Electrocast Network. Uh, they're building a whole podcast system and we are on their creators network which is where they're going to put podcasts with uh, music uh, art writing things like that and uh, apparently we're the flagship no way podcast uh, we gotta we gotta step up our game this has to be a tight 60 minutes of remarkable entertainment 
It's like and, one of those flags you get in a cumin sandwich, like a yeah. little tiny toothpick flag. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Then it's a leaf boat. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. That like is correct. A, a club uh, sandwich toothpick. And uh, Ben Barton, just in case we have new listeners from this new exposure, what exactly is our podcast? Can you explain the format? Oh, Timmy. Let's go. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys, none of which is true anymore. Yeah, because none right. of us are actually 50. No. Nope. Right? Although we're in our 50s, so that's fine. So we started 69, the year of our birth. Season one, every year we each choose one song, not the song of the year, meaning right. not the best song of the year. Some combination of the best song, our favorite song, the song that meant the most to us, the song that expressed that song for us and the world. That yeah. was season one. Season two is album. But again, not album of the year. It's right. a favorite album. Sometimes it is the album of the year. It's a combination of things, and uh, and we talk it through. And as a bonus, as if that wasn't entertainment enough, <laughs> good listeners. We got more. We got a half an hour of Tim talking about dead people in space <laughs> and quizzing me, and you get to watch me just just completely collapse under the questioning jeff gets uh -huh. all of the quizzes a thousand percent and dear listeners if you haven't listened for a long time for a long time we did it at night and this is after i'd had a couple of glasses of wine uh -huh. so when i lost these quizzes i was like well you know what are you gonna do i'm in this relaxed state <laughs> tragically now i'm in month and a half of dryuary and i still don't know anything it's still, horrible still failing. i think i'm stupider without drinking it's a disaster how wow, is that going, by the way? How is January, February, whatever? I am close, man. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm nine days away. So I just we're going okay. Is yeah. it like in The Simpsons where Homer's checking off the calendar with that like little squeak? He can't quite make it through. That was what the okay? first couple of weeks were like, but uh, it's not quite that bad. But it's in the neighborhood. Yeah, because it's, right. right. yeah, right. it's also like cold and dark, and it's like you get home. Yeah, no, for sure. Are you program. reading? Are you reading Mouse in protest at night as well? That's uh, Tennessee's been in the news for oh, uh, dude, that banning that book. That's right, uh, right and Cannon, mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. That's her biggest, best Facebook post of all time was a mouse yeah, post for sure. I agree. So, um, so yeah, we've been on top of it, and she's been nice. great. I mean, we We're, went to Auschwitz, and and, and like, uh, oh, one of the things that was really funny. Um, is, you don't uh, hear those two sentences. India posted the mouse thing, and um, I was like, You remember that you didn't want to read it, and the only reason we read it is because I bought it because I like graphic novels. And she was like, I do not remember that at all. That's not <laughs> something that I remember. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, Jeff Simons, anything to add about the podcast before we go on? I mean, the witty banter just kind of perpetually speaks for itself, wouldn't you say? I would, I would just add that. And I would add an openness of heart and mind and uh, a <laughs> okay. deep wow. desire to interact with our, our well, uh, fascinating listeners. It's yes. fascinating you say that because there was a great Facebook post from uh, David Chan down in New Zealand where he reaches out to his buddy on our Facebook page and says, you know, this is, this is what I was on about at piano this morning, hilariously funny. Which I love the fact that two guys at piano class are talking about our podcast. I say thank you so much. And he says, Tim and his complicated heavy petting session with his crush <laughs> had me rolling in stitches. And I, I'm, I am happy 
that the foibles of my romantic past are enlightening New Zealand listeners. That's I great. want to know what piano class is like for two adults. Like, is that like 27 oh. pianos in the room and there's somebody in the front? Like, or are they bringing their kids to piano? That's what I think. Yeah. I think. Don't you think that they're out in the hallway, like um, talking their way through the well, piano I, lessons? I don't think we have any piano in our Grammy winner. This is the, uh, the album. Sorry. Welcome to 2001. <laughs> That's the name of this particular episode. I would just also add slick production to the list of things you could get yes, from the podcast. Right. It's, yeah, uh, it's a tight, tight ship here. Um, go ahead and, and play us your choice of whatever song you want from the Grammy winning album of 2001. It's the Grammy winner. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou by various artists. <laughs> no, Jeff. No music. No sound. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a goddamn minute. It's been a couple I mean, weeks if, since we did this. You better hope the music goes in because I'm going to vamp on your ill-fitting suit any moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I really want to break it out. He's doing a David Byrne thing. Yeah. All right, here we go. Please, please don't do that. In constant sorrow. Good stuff. Good production on that one too, Jeff. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm irritated. I'm- song that can't be your favorite song. No, it's the, the one everybody knows, though. Yeah. For God's sake, I'm a little, I'm a little irritated by this record because it's like um, Buena Vista Social Club or everyone. other like albums that everyone buys in the year. It's like the genre album. I was like, oh, maybe I like bluegrass, and then they, this is all they have. Are like, oh, maybe I like Cuban music, and they have like, but so it feels a little bit like people going out to. Uh, you know, to ethnic food once a year, uh, the way this just ran away with its popularity. But it sounds great. Songs are great. There's a ton of just terrific musicians all over this thing. So I, I, I will uh, okay. mute my criticism. It's a good movie, too, I thought. I have Down to the River to Pray. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's great. Alison Krauss, right? So pretty. Yeah, so totally. Pretty. Oh, I really I like, what's the Jillian Welsh Alison Krauss duet? Is it I'll Fly Away? Is that that is on, on this record? That one's really good, too. Yeah, totally. That's uh, track nine. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into 2001. Of course, the uh, the story of the year for, for the three of us, I'm sure, is September 11th. I think on the last podcast, we kind of covered where we were and how we were feeling. So I was thinking on this podcast, what if we were to go to September 10th um, and think about what the world was like on that day before? Did you know that Leighton Hewitt the day before defeated this person at the U.S. Open in Flushing Meadow, New York. Which tennis player lost the U.S. Open that very weekend? God, no idea. Like none. None. You guys aren't tennis fans. I keep forgetting that. No. It was Pete Sampras. Oh, I'm uh, Pete nice. Sampras. All right. How about this? You are music fans, are you not? I think actually I was watching Pete Sampras lose the U.S. Open at Ben's wedding. Remember there was a big tennis final the day you got married, Ben, and the, we were Weirdly, waiting. I don't remember that, Jeff. You know what? <laughs> I had other things going on. That's did strange. You, did you know? Well, while we were waiting for you guys to show up all pretty at the reception, like all of us who were in the wedding party were in that little farmhouse. 
and uh, somebody put on the the tent, and we were all kind of Wait. like biding our time watching. Uh, what year was this? What year did you get married? Ninety something. Ninety five. Five. I should know that one, but it's ninety five. And where were you? We were in uh, Lincoln, Virginia. Beautiful named Lincoln, at- Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So back to September tenth. Yeah. Who, okay. Who was playing at the Madison Square Garden? Had a series of shows. Billy Joel? Not Billy Joel. Fish? No, it was Michael Jackson. Wow. He had a series Whoa. of shows, kind of a comeback concert series at Madison Square Garden. We're not doing well so far. What was the number one song in the country? <laughs> zero, zero sense of that. It was J Lo's I'm Real. Oh, How's well, go? can anyone sing that? No, I have no idea how that goes. I'm, I don't know if I've ever even heard it. Yeah, she no. had the she was the um, she had the number one album in the country and the number one movie in the country in February. It's really impressive. Go J-Lo. And now she's back with uh, Ben Affleck. What was the number one movie? Was that that romantic comedy where she's a maid? No, the other one with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> There's a movie with That's J-Lo not the same one. and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> That's unbelievably great. This is not, uh, I wasn't going to a lot of movies, I don't think, in 2001, especially not romantic comedies. Sorry. Um, all right, well, let's let's just get to the number one song in the UK, Jeff Simons. The number one song in the UK this year, at this time, on September 11th, was the one I texted you. So this isn't our number one album. Wait, the, the one where I was like, you're... you're- Fucking with me? Yeah, sort of got. This is the number one song. And our English listeners, we got a lot of listeners in the UK. They're going to have to tweet at us or Facebook message us and, and, and kind of explain how this climbed up the charts. Uh, ben, okay. Barton, ben Barton, go ahead, sit down. Here we go. Yes. What about you, Lofty? Okay, team, let's go. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody's outside, so come on, let's ride to the builder's yard around the corner. The gang's all here, and it's time for us to do what we wanna. There's a house with a roof that leaks. It's an urgent job, and it could take us weeks. There's Dizzy, Lofty, Rolly too. Wendy always knows just what to do. And there's no job too big or small with Scoop and Mug. We can do it all. Metal, brick or wood, it's all. Can always send in the tractor a little bit of timber and a saw. Uh, so, do the British like novelty songs more than we do in America? I have no idea, but that uh, that moment where they're like, Lisa always knows just what to do. I can't help but <laughs> hear that and be like, I'll bet she does. Hey, Wait, so this. This comes after Mambo Number no. Nine and is making fun of it, or Mambo Number no. Nine is, is based on this. Oh, it's an homage, right? It's Bob the Builder, <laughs> Mambo Number no. Five, from the TV show for kids, Bob the Builder. That's amazing. That hit number one in England, and they didn't all commit mass suicide. Like that wasn't it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It yeah. is pretty bad. All right. So September tenth. You guys are not remembering a lot. There's no way you're gonna name the number one movie. So I'll just tell you the number one movie. It was The Musketeer. Can you tell me who stars in it? No. Oh, 
The the Red, the, the Musketeer. The Musketeer. Just help us, Timmy. Oh, it was a lovely reboot with Chris O'Donnell. Nothing. Chris O'Donnell. Uh, it was his big star turn. No, okay. Um, and the number one TV show. Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, is this the original with the the California schmuck who owned a home and pretended to be a millionaire? No, this is the game show. Yeah, the game it's, show. Uh, Regis. What, what were okay. you talking about? Who wants to marry a millionaire? <laughs> um. All right, I've got three television shows that come out. Which one are you going to bring to your desert island? This is in two thousand one. Lost. The Amazing Race. Band of Brothers. You go first, Ben. The only one of those I've even watched any of is Lost. I've actually watched, I guess, half of Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is a lot shorter. There's a lot of seasons of Lost, so I guess I would take Lost. I have never seen a minute of any of those three television oh shows. Oh, my God. You guys haven't finished Band Maybe of Brothers? I've never even started it. Oh, it's remarkable. I didn't have HBO. Okay. I'm gonna, I mean, you're the only true blue 50-year-old white guy because you're like, I'm really into that World War II stuff. That's, <laughs> that's really something to check out. Maybe that's true. My father, dear listeners, is a renowned World War II history professor. And so right. uh, I got a lot of it in the upbringing. You didn't, so, need, uh, you didn't need any more. I mean, I hear it's very good. I would definitely, I had no interest in Lost ever yeah, for I mean, a minute. Yeah. I just couldn't even pull it. And then like The Amazing Race. The only thing I know about The Amazing Race is they made fun of it on 30 Rock. And it looks pretty funny, <laughs> but that's all I know. All right. So here's, here's the new part of the podcast break time. We actually have ads for our podcast now, which is really exciting. The only things we've advertised so far are Jeff's album, Ben's book, and, and really my Asheville school volleyball team, uh, Asheville school where smart parents send their tall daughters. Um, <laughs> So yeah, do we get to read our own ad? Do we get to read the ad copy? No, not they, yet. They haven't. They haven't given us. Oh, anything. I but, want to be like. I love when on on quote unquote real podcasts when they just start talking about you know quick copy. You're like, oh, it's a commercial. You have to hit fast forward really quick. Well, let's let's um lead into our very first commercial with Peter Rafelson's number one hit. So this is our new boss, and this was a song he wrote that we all know, and I think it's so cool that we know a songwriter who had a song go to number one, hit it. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. 
Okay, welcome back. So exciting. Uh, let's get to the number one album for 2001. This stopped me in my tracks. I don't, I don't know this band. I don't know this album. I can't name a song. I don't know how in the world this became the number one selling album. It's interesting. We learned which of us were paying attention to music and which of us was watching TV in 2001. Because Bob the Builder. I, I, I was that guy. very unfortunately aware of this band. Okay. And so Ben will Ben will know it as well. Here we go. It's the number one album. Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. <laughs> That song and the Bob's a Builder song. That seems and Oh Brother Work. Is that hey, isn't the song is the song Numb on that record? Isn't that a bigger hit than the one you played? Is Numb, Numb is on the record? A, no. Alright. That's Lincoln Park, right? That is Lincoln. There Park. you go. Ben. Indeed, indeed it is. So uh through the course of this, I think season one and season two, I've continuously been pointing out how like they say there aren't any big hits that are rock albums after the 90s, and that's the end yeah. of it all. And the thing that's really funny is how wrong I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I meant by that is listenable. Listenable rock, rock albums. albums. That is exactly what okay. you meant. There actually are a bunch of great selling new metal, and they spell new and you just because, <laughs> you know, like that's one fewer letter than NEW. That basically tells you everything you need to know about the entire genre. Unlistenable, huh. hideous crap. Like just so bad. Like the singing is terrible. The, the weird, like funny scratching slash drum machine in the background, terrible. Lyrics are dumb. I don't even like the guitar sound. I, I guess, nope. and they're not even that good at playing the guitar. I was about to say, I guess they're technically good, but they're not even that good at playing the guitar. You don't like, like them. Um, no, they suck. This <laughs> yeah. entire genre sucks. Yeah. It's amazing um, how little I connect with this genre then and even more now. Like this, Linkin Park sounds to me like what a bunch of like, midwestern frat boys having a temper tantrum would sound like you know what i mean like like they they just got west i don't even know but like i imagine a bunch of guys in a frat at like big school university and they just got a letter from the crusty dean saying they can't throw their toga party this is the sound of them being upset about it that's what the song it just like sounds like much ado about jack shit that's how i would describe the entire new metal genre like I am very upset for little reason for like for four hours. I See, just I don't feel, buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think they're from like Arizona or Vegas. No, no, dude, I actually, uh, having done no research whatsoever and off the top of my head, I think that it's that's Lincoln Park, Chicago. 
I yep. think that that's what it's a reference to. Okay. They spell you're... it differently. But no, you're wrong. They're from Agora Hills, Southern California. Oh, better yet. Yeah. Okay. Huh. But that's perfect. Like, yeah, that southwestern Arizona, SoCal. Vegas. It reminds yeah. me of teaching in Vegas. Vegas. This Ugh. is the sound. I mean, I assume that that many a strip club is still using Playing new Lincoln metal. Park. Yeah. The good news is I have a Lincoln Park reference in my album of the year talk. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> you presaged it for sure. Only two awesome bands. All right. My, my last two September 11th references, which I think both of you will find interesting. Uh, an album comes out on September 11th. Oh, I know that one for sure. What is it? Love and Theft, the Dylan yeah. record. I bought it. it. Yeah. Uh, By the way, home. my album of the year came out on, on September 11th. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. That? Okay. Also, Gerard Way, who was, um, you guys ever hear of the Umbrella Academy comic book series? Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. He uh, was from in New Jersey, witnesses uh, the planes. Uh, is so distraught that he's like, I got to get on with my life. I got to get out of my parents' basement. I got to get off of Umbrella Academy. And he forms a band. Does anyone know what band? Nope. My Chemical Romance. No way. Is born that? on September 11th because he's like, I got to get going with my life. I got oh, to I was going to say with the new metal thing, I'm not crazy about the category called emo. Um, but there's at least several different bands and several different songs of which like there's a couple of great songs by My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I'm completely out on, on the new version of rock music altogether. It's that version. And the thing that's super ironic is I like metal. I like pop metal. I like hair metal. I like speed metal. I like death metal. I like drone metal. I like math metal. I just don't <laughs> like that metal. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering what the clip to lead the show off was, that's it right there. Make a little mark for yourself. That's the start. All right. Brilliant. So, um, of course, other things happened in the year 2001. Uh, Napster gets shut down. Apple introduces iTunes. I wonder if those two things are related. At nah, all. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I remember. Do you remember the last weekend of Napster? I don't. Did you go crazy? Did you just? Uh, you know, I didn't because I had okay. already gone a little crazy. But I remember being in Borders. Remember bookstores? Remember Borders? Bookstore? Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at the CDs and there's uh, there's a giant run on those. Like, remember those huge, like 1000 page books, like the all music guide to jazz or like yeah, totally. 10,000 10, albums of world music you need. And people are just in there grabbing them. And I said to a, I'm like, well, you don't really see a rush on this section of the bookstore that often. And they're like, it's been all week. We can't keep them on the shelves. And it's because people are going home and it just downloading them off Napster <laughs> because there's only 72 hours left. So I would love to see the statistics of the last 70, like how many Femi Kuti records were downloaded in the last 24 <laughs> hours of Napster. Oh, that is great. Uh, the human genome sequence is revealed in 2001. And this is, what, what, when did we talk about cloning Dolly the sheep? Was that like seven years ago or something? It makes me think, gentlemen, somewhere that we don't know about, maybe Area 51, maybe deep in the... Uh, <laughs> Himalayas and some tunnel network. Do you think a human has been cloned? Do you think clones are out there right now in 2022? Are you setting up the spinoff podcast that you're going to write? Because I love 
I love where this is going a ton. I'm actually you know rich, rich, rich Clinton. I are in talks. Nice. Nice. The age old question about clones. I embraced level 42. I was like, Hey, let's go. One of my great nightmares from my childhood was that uh, there's an, there's an exact copy of us born somewhere on the earth when we're born and their job is to try to find us and kill us. And they're not allowed to use public transportation. They're just moving from wherever they are <laughs> to wherever we are. I would have that nightmare like at least twice a year until I was about 25 right. years old. I'm going to write this. in the movie Us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I will write that screen. That's why I got to tell you, that movie started and I was like, nope. I may not be able to do this because it is my <laughs> psychosis coming to kill me. Um, all right, final thing. Rock and Rio. Do you remember Rock and Rio? Those big concerts? Oh, sure. They had huge concerts. Yeah. REM, NSYNC, Iron Maiden, Neil Young, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like all in one day, right? Like there, what I remember about Rock and Rio is it made no sense. It's like they reached into a gumball yeah. container, just pulled famous bands out and put them on the same bill. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, let's do it. Our three albums. Our three albums. With the theme of we may have new listeners this week. So I put some some limits on myself this year not to bring up bands that we already talked about. And so I got, uh, this is not a very obscure pick. Um, it might be a little obscure for um, our American listeners, but our, you know, <laughs> our, our uh, UK listeners are going to be like, why are you even bothering? Um, one of the things that Ben will tell you I love to do, and it's going to become a, a kind of a theme in this decade, is I like to listen to bands that don't speak in English. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not a big lyric guy. And so when a band is great and they're speaking in, uh, and, in tongues to me, I can just go with the phonetics of it and really get into a song and just make up what I think they're singing. So this is the first one of these bands of the decade. This is a Welsh band um, formed in the mid nineties and um, signed to creation records in 1995, right after Oasis made, you know, all the money in the world for that label. So creation has this moment where they sign a shit ton of bands from 1996 to 2000 when the label goes under um, and some of these bands, some of the bands they sign are pretty bad and, and don't go anywhere, but they, they strike gold with super furry animals who made the record that I'm choosing for 2001. I have no idea how to pronounce these guys' names, but Gruff Riss um, is the, the kind of mastermind behind it. He's the songwriter, he's the <laughs> guitar player. And one of the things that's fascinating about this band is uh, their mastery of early digital technology um, in relation to a straight up uh, analog rock and roll band. Uh, their first couple of records are pretty hit and miss. Uh, they put out a record called Fuzzy Logic in 1996. It has a top 10 hit on it. Um, and then they are kind of bumbling around uh, in the underbrush, kind of just about to be famous in the UK. They never break in this country. Um, they make a record called Gorilla. They put out a 25-minute uh, single called They Don't Give a Fuck, which is a hilarious listen um, and goes on absolutely forever with them just chanting a two-line lyric. But in 2001, they put all of the song craft and 
quality of musicianship together with the experimentation and digital manipulation. They get it all completely right on what is their one really fantastic record called Rings Around the World. Um, I cannot express to you how wonderfully weird this record is. And if my co-hosts will indulge me, I want to play two clips because I want, you cannot yeah. find uh, an 80 second sample that really sums this record up. It's got like straight up pop music. It's got shuffly rock and roll. It's got um, lush ballads. It's got disco. It's got heavy metal. It's got kind of trip hop sample stuff. Uh, it's very, very funny. A lot of the lyrics are really funny. Um, and uh, it's, it's really, really ambitious without being pretentious, which is a hard thing to pull off. I saw this band uh, the next year on this tour, and I could not believe how capable they were at recreating the sound of the record on stage. Um, and I've kind of lost the thread with these guys. The, the records got slower and they got more lush and the, they lost the rock of rock and roll. I think they've become kind of a, um, you know, they remind me of uh, Tim as Rufus Wainwright. They've become so no lush, so lush and slow that like, I can't stay there, but this record I just love. Right. So I'm going to play you a little bit of the, of the um, title track rings around the world. And then I'm going to play you a little bit of the end of, a, of my favorite song on the record, which is called no sympathy. So you can hear just, how weird this record is from minute to minute. So here's the here's the first clip. Rings around the world by Super Furry Animals. rock and roll song reminds me of summer teeth actually yeah and then here they are at their kind of outre weirdness so this is the fade out of a ballad called no sympathy which is hilarious the, the lyric is sympathy sympathy we don't have no sympathy you deserve to die which is just cracking <laughs> up every time but this is how it fades out it's this very quiet acoustic guitar ballad with lots of lush background vocals and then this is this is how it fades out
it's the same band. You get a, you get another two minutes of that, and then it <laughs> drops into a disco single called Juxtaposed With You. This record's all over the place. That's oh, amazing. It's like a meat grinder of uh, just great sounds and great writing. And they never, they never were able to, to put the alchemy all together again for me with the same level. But I just love this record. Uh, Rings Around the World. All super right. furry animals. Ben, what are your thoughts? So this is one of those albums that I must have listened to at one point. Um, just to clarify, Jeff has got a collection, a curated collection of what, I think when I got it, it was maybe 20, 22,000 songs. I don't, Lord knows how many are on it now. And um, one of the times I visited him in the last 10 years, I just brought a gigantic hard drive and I just <laughs> got it all. So I had yeah. Jeff's entire music collection. Um, <laughs> And so there are bands where I've just like tried to listen through it. And I know this is one of Jeff's favorites um, and that just never stuck at all. Uh, both of those clips sounded great though. Yeah, I can't believe I, you liked the second clip. That's so beep boop. I thought you would, that would really bum you out. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, it's so great. They're, they use the beep boop. And the fact that it comes out of that long, hilarious ballad and then just goes completely apeshit. And then live, like they had video clips that matched and light flashing. I'll never forget it. It was like that the song devolved live like that. And they had all the samples going and they were playing along. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Wow. And it was, at, it was at Bimbo's, which is this great, like old speakeasy nightclub in San Francisco that's pretty small. And so it was right up front. Like I just, oh. yeah, I had, there was a, there was a micro moment there where I, I loved this band. And, and yeah. they're from, England. Cardiff. They're from Cardiff, Wales. Okay. And where's Gorillas from? Uh, they're from England. That's the guys from Blur, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all barn. It is? Yeah. Pretty sure. I wish I had known that. Because uh, they came out this year. Yeah. Wow. Yep. All right. Uh, ben Barton, it is, it is your turn. So this is super good news. Um, I first... Um, the album that I listened to most this year, my favorite album this year was Revelator, but we talked about that last year. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So then I was really digging around for 2001 and uh, I came down to two albums, both of which I love. One of which would have been a very funny pairing with Jeff's because it's an even less listenable version. <laughs> Cafe Tacuba. Oh, that, that record's great though. The MCA records and then puts out um, basically their greatest hits um, but you know, experiences the greatest hits in America because none of it's ever been released. So I actually thought it was a single record. That record's fantastic, and um, I really, really, really—I mean, if you like Mexican alt rock, then you're really gonna like Cafe Tacuba. And if I mentioned yeah. that I love listening to bands who do not speak it, yeah, no, yeah, sure. English, that record's kick ass. Good call. Um, that being said, released September 11th. 2001 jay-z's the blueprint fair enough okay so i had no idea i i thought of this record as an early career jay-z record and and i know i think of it this way having listened through the whole catalog now it is my it's it's first or second favorite jay-z record it's the first one i really 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 like dude this is jay-z's sixth album is it sixth yeah album and it's like the dude goes on to, to like continue on at the top of the heap. And this is a comeback record for him in 2001. So remember, can doubt, I, can I just uh, interject? I remember reading an article after the third record where uh, 
people were skeptical of Jay-Z because he had not become a mogul yet. He's like, what are you doing still making records? Why haven't you jumped the, sh the fence to fashion and multimedia? And like this, this guy is not using this platform as a ways and means to do something else. It's one of the things that's so true about him. Like this is his thing. Like he is an artist. So. Yeah. Although, but the third record is the hard knock life record. Right. And that, that like, so um, reasonable doubt comes out. It hits number 26. It's not a big hit, but if you're into uh, Biggie Smalls, you're like, I'll check it out. And it's good. It's really good. It's overrated. In my opinion, people, pe some people think that's his best record. That's just, that's like choosing Dylan's first album as his best yeah. record, in my opinion. Like it's great. It's representative of his work, but it's definitely not his best record. Then in my lifetime. And then hard knock life is his first really gigantic hit. And I think it's still his best-selling album in the U.S. Five five times platinum, five point yeah. four million, and the super unfortunate Annie sample from Hard Knock Life in uh, a really, in my opinion, embarrassing embarrassing song for a great rap artist. And he just takes it on the chin from there. Yeah, like he's yeah. just a punching bag. He's he's in disputes with all sorts of different folks. Nas and the guys from Mob Deep and Jada Kiss are all pooping all over him. Um, he's being treated as this like kind of suck up loser. And uh, it's all at the same time. He's, he's running his own label. The record before this record is called Dynasty. And it's basically all of the minor rappers that he's got signed are the lead on that. And it was supposed to be a compilation record. But because he's a good businessman, he was like, oh, I'll call it a Jay-Z record. It's going to sell a lot. <laughs> so he's actually, oh, and he's facing two felony counts, too. Oh, he's sure. like on trial for two felony counts. He goes into the studio, records, writes all the stuff in two, two days, records it all in two weeks, puts this record out wow. on 9-11. And um, I'll actually be like, I, I racked my brain, Jeff and Tim. It's a really weird artist. Can you think of a similar artist that has these many highs and then just lulls, just periods where they're putting out pro former records that just aren't, have one or two good songs on them, but really just aren't anything special. Ooh, Stevie Nicks. Actually, Stevie Nicks, maybe. I actually thought of Madonna. And I thought yeah. of Madonna personally I mean, because- That's what I was gonna say too. Um, yeah, I, but I, I keep, keep chewing on whether there's a rock act that's like this. I'm but trying I to think Madonna. of that. Madonna's a good one first because he runs his own label. He's run, running Rockefeller, the label, and then he takes over Def Jam in 2004. He's a legit multimedia mogul. Yeah. Right? Like he didn't yeah. put out a tequila that somebody else made. Like he's physically running a label, signing people, finding people. Yeah. You go through the list of the people that he signed and found, including Kanye West, and we'll hear about in a second. It's fantastic. Um, but that being said, he has these weird ups and downs. This is one of his huge ups. Similar to Madonna, he had a real ear. And like, he breaks Kanye West on this record. There's four Kanye West produced songs on this record. And they're the best songs on the record. And they're also just really, really, really unusual samples in production. Um, it's actually kind of crazy. There's four different, and he's got Timbaland on this and, and several other producers on it. And yet it sounds like this unified work of art. That's how powerful an artist he is. And it's super similar to Madonna where she'll do that too. You know what I mean? She'll have multiple producers. She's bringing together different sounds on a record. But at the end, it's obviously a Madonna record. That's where Jay-Z is. Um, I'm going to follow Jeff. And this was my plan originally. I'm going to do 30 seconds of two songs. Nice. Okay. First song, Jeff, give me the first 30 seconds of Takeover. Don't play it, Don't play it yet. 30 seconds of what? Sorry. Takeover. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So Takeover is his comeback song. It's not the single, but this is the diss track. He goes after Nas. He goes after Jadakiss. He settles all of his business. It's one of the all-time great battle rap songs. And Jeff, uh, see how long it takes you to get the sample and see how perfect it's a, it's a Kanye West one. And it's a classic one where he chooses just the perfect song to sample that you never would guess would be the background of a great rap song, Take Over. The Blueprint by Jay-Z. R-O-C, we running this rap shit. Memphis Bleak, we running this rap shit. B-Mac, we running this rap shit. Freeway, we running this rap shit. Owen Sparks, we running this rap shit. Chris and Neek, we running this rap shit. The takeover, the break's over, nigga. God MC, me. Did you get it, Jeff? Nope. Five to one by the door. Of course it is! Damn Isn't it! That amazing? Wait, five to one by who? The, the doors. doors. Five to one, one, one to five. None of us gon' leave alive. So I should have gotten it when that shitty keyboard came in. That's so remarkable. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> dude. And it, I mean, like, as long as they're sampling it, they got to pay for the rights for it. They do the whole thing. The guitar solo is in there, That's and awesome. uh, I, it's it's a great one. And it's actually a little bit similar to um to the Sugar Hill Gang, where I prefer this song to Five yeah. to One. <laughs> it's such a great use of the sample it's way better than the stupid oh well song. same with uh california love have you ever listened to woman to woman by joe cocker it's oh, awful yeah, no, sure. awful song woman to woman like that but that bop is unbelievably good so so dude the samples on this song are that song and then the krs song sound of the sound of the police listen to the sound songwriting credit songwriting credits you got uh Jake Carter, who's Jay-Z, Kanye West, Eric Burden, Lawrence Parker, who's KRS-One, Alan Lomax, ah. Brian Chandler, Rodney LeMay, Morrison, Densmore, Krieger, Manzarek from The Doors. Isn't Amazing. that insane? <laughs> that's awesome. A lot of crap. Yeah, and that's just to show you where Kanye's at. Like, that's the depth of the sampling and the, the, his knowledge of the underlying music. And then just give us the first 30 seconds of Izzo. That's the yeah. one you should know from this record. It is just like an all-time banger. Boom. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century. Oh, it's timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. Uh. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. For shizzle, my nizzle used to dribble down in VA. Was hurting them in the home of the Turpins. Got it dirt cheap for them. So, the intro to that song was the intro to his concert of Bonnaroo in 2010. He came out. And so I've seen a bunch of rap acts, period. And I've seen a bunch of rap acts at Bonnaroo. And it's a mixed bag, for sure. And you can definitely tell the guys who care from the guys who don't care. Oh, you sure can. Jay-Z had a full band, all African-American studio musicians who shred. Just shred. He came out, like the crowd's going completely nuts. And he's like, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that. Like he had this like... <laughs> old tiny old school entertainer vibe to it with the band where he's like like over dancing with a saxophone guy 
uh, Stevie Wonder was the actor played beforehand, and he was like, uh, my mother, when like, she could have known that I was going to play in front of Stevie Wonder. Like it was just the most amazing uh -huh. moment. It's like this is like one of the it's one of the highlights of my career. And I don't, I mean, it was the perfect entertainer moment in that first. I don't think he was lying, but second, even if he was, it was great. Like I was yeah. super there for it. <laughs> Um, and anyway, I'll just note that the dude is just an A plus professional in everything that he does. Um, that doesn't mean everything that he does is good, <laughs> but um, I was so impressed by it. I was freaking blown away by the sheer like artistry of it and how hard he tried. Like, it's not easy to organize a rap act. I mean, one of the reasons why you play with the DJ is it's a lot easier. You know what I mean? And and let alone why you might lip sync. That's yeah. really easy. Yeah. Um, but to play behind a live band that's fantastic and rap on top of it, hit all of the beats, get everything going, just, just out of this world. And right. I will say that I think the best MTV unplugged of all time is his. Oh, that's my I hot take. I actually, I found my way back into Jay-Z watching that MTV unplug. He killed it. He killed it with that like stripped down live performances. The Roots, right? Weren't the Roots his oh, backing dude, band? Oh, totally. Yeah, they no, for sure. just yep. smoke through all of those yep. tunes. They sound like, they sound fantastic. And they don't have the big depth of production. Like you listen to Takeover and headphones and it sounds like it's going to come and burn your house down. Mm. But they, it, they, he was so musical on Unplugged. Um, and so I'm not surprised that when he had the full band seven years later, he was equally fantastic. But oh, and I, I forgot I had a, a Jay Z low light. Just in case you're wondering if I was kidding about him doing something bad, he puts out an EP of Jay Z Lincoln Park mashups. There it oh, is. God. There yeah. it is. Including the song Numb slash Encore, which it, Encore is a great Jay Z song. Numb is not a great Lincoln Park song. Uh. They perform it at the Grammys, and a special guest comes out in 2004 oh. can oh. you name this really really sad special guest oh sad perhaps, no i can't perhaps the greatest songwriter of his generation or of any generation paul mccartney, McCartney! oh god that's so mccartney bad. comes on stage with jay-z <laughs> in the lincoln park and plays them out to yesterday oh my god what? yes that's a that's thing that happened Find it on YouTube. Even like Jay-Z is like, uh, I like making money too, man, but this is a lot right here. Like oh, the look, man. like the Lincoln Park guy's like, yeah, with Bob McCartney. And Jay-Z is like, this is a shame. <laughs> uh, it's amazing because you love that four or five second song that McCartney oh, has with Rihanna totally. and Kanye. I do, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I've got a crossover. I've got a rock act uh with lulls. I'm gonna go with Santana. Uh, the, the ultimate lull band oh, black God. magic woman like 20 years weird uh, that weird willin song in 1980 and then smooth in 1995 wow right but most of those things suck well yeah but that, come on the that's a good one that santana, is a good one that's santana's just one. bubbling under and every once in a while everyone's like oh yeah santana and then bubble 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 awesome. <laughs> Woo. all right well y'all done very well nice job um, I, I don't know, like I had a hell of a commute this morning, so I'm not, I'm not in a great mood. To those of you listening at home, Tim just went to his coffee mug prop, <laughs> prop yeah. really effectively. I, uh, am ready for, uh, a little music for the morning after Pete Yorn. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were, I was going to ask the morning after what, but now I know. Okay. <laughs> And I'm going to go with 
opening track, Life on a Chain. Yeah, it's a good song. Guys tell me all about Pete Yorn and where the heck he went. Music for the Morning After by Pete Yorn. I hate this faux beginning. Bums me I out. I love the song, but I did wish it didn't do this. And I was waiting over here for life to begin. Just looking for the new thing, and you were the sunshine. It in my front line, I was alone. You were just around the corner from me. Time alone is good. I spend my days in the city. Exactly what a 31-year-old white man needed uh, in 2000. Like, I just got married, and Pete Yorn comes along and reminds me that even though the minivan is just around the corner, I can still be cool. And you've pulled it off majestically, sir. You really have. By the way, still driving. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the commute was. was 472,000 miles, but who's counting? Uh, all right, Pete Yorn, where'd he come from? Where'd he go? Like, I uh, thought this was going to be like our new kind of singer-songwriter guy on the scene. You know, his Wikipedia page is awesome because it has these random, like, uh, dependent clauses that seem a little bit weirdly aggressive. Yorn was born in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, comma, and raised Jewish comma in Mountville, New Jersey. That feels like a very odd bonus for the first. uh... His dad is a retired dentist. He attended Mountville Township High School. Um, He finds the the band Sloan that I love as one of his big influences. And uh, Spin Magazine, apparently, in March 26th of this year, uh, or last year, recognized Yorn as one of his generation's best songwriters. So if you hang around long enough. Where'd he go? Like, why only one? Out? Did he have more albums? Yes, he has many, many records. Oh. He put out... Uh, oh, I went away then. Four or five records. And he's been putting out music really consistently in the pandemic. He's put out um, three or four live records. And he just put out Pete Yorn Sings the Classics which includes the Pixies, Here Comes Your Man, and Moon River, and some other great songs. So the problem is me, or did record companies- No, 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 no. Just being way too generous. I have no idea what happened, but it's a really, really weird looking discography. So I I bought this record in 2001, and I'll just be frank, the rest of the record doesn't hold up to that song. Well, Strange Tradition is good. The second song's great. It was like like close enough where I was like, oh, this, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe they um, front-loaded the album with the, the winnable songs. As you had you a two-year gap until Day I Forgot comes out in 2003. Um, then you get a long gap till 2006, Nightcrawler, and that like, like 
Day I Forgot sells 200,000 copies yep. and, and Nightcrawler, like they don't mention the sales, so it doesn't sell. Well, part of it, right, is this is not a moment to be a singer-songwriter. Like no one, I mean, right. this I is mean, the is, height of something else. So he's Is just, this when Rich Rich Price gets dropped? Yeah. This Same. would be when Rich Price gets dropped. Right, they, they all of a sudden decided that Ashley Simpson was the way to go. And, and by the way, let's not forget that how right they were. They made a lot more money with Ashley Simpson than they were going to make you with, sure? our, with us. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I I can't name an Ashley Simpson song. She she certainly well, but, didn't become Britney Spears. Well, because she got caught lip syncing on Saturday Night Live and it ended her that career. Was, that was bad. You rip up the Pope, you lip sync. You gotta you gotta watch what you do on Saturday Night Live. You better right? not do both. That's for sure. <laughs> you might not even make it off the episode alive. <laughs> I like Pete Yorn. I I have no issues against. But didn't he do a bunch of really good songs in that? Um, Natalie Portman's movie where she's 13 and that dude is creepily into her. Oh, Timothy Hutton. Yeah, what the hell is that movie called? Beautiful People? Or something like that? He, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, that's Girl. his song. That's his, isn't that him who sang Beautiful Girls in that movie? Or is that huh. my confusing singer-songwriters? Because that song's great. I'm looking it up. I want to be with you, babe. You know that song? Is he singing oh, to a 13-year-old? Because that's a little I don't know. uncomfortable. I'm looking it up. I think it's somebody else. What do I know? I don't know what I'm talking about. Forget I said anything. <laughs> what the hell is that movie called? Beautiful Girls, Matt Dillon, Michael Rappaport. Right, so who yeah. sang the, the theme song? It's great. I, I got no idea. You're not helping me. Ben. Right now we have listeners yelling. No, that's Pete Droge, not uh, Pete Yorn. Yes. Shit. One of our there, there's your problem. There's your problem right yeah, there. The name. Those guys are really similarly named. And easy to, I feel bad. Sorry, sorry to both Pete's for that yeah, fuck up. Our bad. Could be only but, one. But I do love that Pete Drosh song. Now corporate <laughs> corporate's gonna come at us with notes because Peter Rafelson's a Pete and he's gonna be ultra sensitive. Shoot. That's, why, right. that's why they're named Ultra Cast, right? Ultra sensitive. It's Electrocast. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> How are we doing? How are we doing, guys? Are we off to a good start? Off to a great start. Bringing Woo! that Gen X energy. I love it. We're just like Letterman. We will never sell. We, we will sell out, but we'll 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 carp about right. it along the way. Right? Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I don't even know anymore, dude. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, you guys have a fine, fine. Another Saturday. triumph, fellas. Timmy, thank the boys in corporate. I mean, you're really <laughs> helping us out in the suit and everything. You're yeah. representing us well. We like it. We like All it. All right. Yeah. The market research is gonna is gonna come in about uh. Oh, by the way, yeah, like switching over to megaphone. Uh, we've lost China. I got to figure out how to get us back into China. I don't understand what you mean by that. So we were we were ranked like, what, 17th or something in China. And I released the new podcast. Um, and it's not, we have no downloads in China yet. Well, I mean, doesn't it make seems sense. like the, the, there's one big change. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fly so. over there, Timmy. Head over right now. You need to kick the door open at, at our new headquarters and be like, what the I'm, I'm hell? Just, I'm gonna fly to China, bring it in on a little disc, and then so you know, I go I'm teaching some kids who are friends with uh Eileen Gu because she's from here. Uh-huh. And she she went to my wife's uh the high school where my wife teaches. Right, so, right. Uh, um that's been that's been a big story. I bet on these parts. How much did you enjoy uh Eileen Gu's? Freestyle skiing, Ben. I'm sure you've been following the Olympics really closely. 
I honestly was like, mental note, who is this person? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, my mom. Same with me. Who I had cares? no idea what you're You don't know about. who she is either. You guys I, are awesome. I've got Google. I'm going to go figure it out. All right. She's big enough that Google is going to be spelled G-U-G-L-E by the time Gosh. her career is over. All right. Ben and I are behind. All right, fellas. See you later. Love you guys. Bye. 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 DC, I host the rock podcast back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to back to the arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.